for sale. If I could pick the mayor, I'd vote for Wing Martindale. Lots of wheel, and you spin it. Not how you play, but but how you win it. Every day I swipe a stupid job. Welcome to my podcast about the one thing I know something about. Game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas, and this is a special episode because this is the Jordan Haas birthday special. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But really... I am, my birthday is March 1st, 1989, so I'm officially now 30 years old. I am no longer a 20-something, now I'm officially in my 30s. Yeah, now I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm no longer youthful as I once was. Um, if if you want to, you can send me a, a tweet wishing me a happy birthday. I'm Jord Ha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Send me a happy birthday message or a photo of Nightwing, whatever, whatever you want. Or send me an email, jordanhaas at gmail.com. I appreciate that a lot, uh, especially because this is the birthday special. Uh, coming up, a friend of mine, Jack, is going to jump by, one of my closest friends, because this is a close episode. So, I mean, most of these episodes, it's with, you know, funny people or people I admire, this is an actual friend of mine, so that's what makes it an even more of a special treat. Um, so, so instead of doing the news uh, and and doing any reviews this week, I am going to basically make it about me. Essentially, like a Jordan Haas, this is your life. Um, yay! Uh, so, yeah, send me some Nightwing photos, because uh, people might not know. I'm a big fan of Nightwing. That's my favorite superhero. I have a lot of collections of that. I also have a lot of Jigglypuff things, because Jigglypuff's my favorite Pokemon. Uh, so, when it came to what's, what I'm going to do my birthday special on, uh, there, there's going to be two segments. One is just stuff in my life that was game show related up to this point, and then we'll go into the game, and then we'll end with a, a big important question. Uh, for, for starters, uh, what am I getting for for my birthday? I don't know. I'm I'm probably just gonna eat some dinner. I'm a quiet person. Um, I I don't really have a party. I didn't invite anybody. Mostly because who should I invite? I I don't really. I mean, I started this game show podcast with a thought that I had no friends. So it's kind of weird seeing a lot of friends reaching out wanting to be on my show but um i'll probably just eat dinner uh i there is going to be a dave and busters coming soon to thousand oaks california i believe march 4th is the opening date i might just go on over there and have a fun time because it's close by so i'll probably spend my birthday over there 
Uh, I like Dave and Buster's because I like arcade games, and I thought, well, we should spend this segment talking about arcade gaming because a lot of people know game shows are, are all over the place. I mean, most likely you would see a game show property outside of the television game show, either at like the toy store in a board game edition or in the casinos with the Wheel of Fortune slot machines or any of these properties. But I, I got to go through the children's editions, which is the arcade, the ticket redemption games. So by now, uh, people know that there are a few, uh, one of which is one of Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal, I think, is the one a lot of people these days know about because it's 16 uh, different quote-unquote suitcases and it's filled with different ticket amounts. So a kid can basically have the same Deal or No Deal experience, but instead of the high-risk maneuver of money, it is with tickets. And I find that fascinating even though most of the time the kids have no display of what a deal is, so they're just going to say no deal and just hope for the best, which is also most contestants on the show now I think about it. Um, the other is the Wheel of Fortune game. The Wheel of Fortune game is, is kind of weird because you basically spin the wheel and then it's letters, and sometimes you can hit the touch screen and call in letter and all the letters that are on the screen are in the puzzle so no matter what you win so it's by default kind of there and then others are you spin the wheel and then it's the letters are already printed out for you as well which i am also confused by and then if you can solve the puzzle you get a little bonus and i mean that's kind of good because it's kind of wheel of fortune in solving a puzzle and it's also the wheel spinning but you don't actually spin the wheel it's actually generated which I kind of dislike because, I mean, there's already these games out there that are wheels that you somewhat can have a, a skill base in. But I think a lot of people uh, don't want to give people the ability to spin the wheel proper, uh, not because they want to jinx the, the machine, but I think it's because uh, they don't want to screw up and just go very light and assume that's a full spin. Um the next ones I've seen, which is weird, because those are the two big ones, Wheel of Fortune and Deal or No Deal, and as far as a game show game, I don't think Jeopardy will ever make it as, as, a, as a game show game to the arcades, but there's two that I was surprised when I last went to Dave & Buster's that existed, one of which was the Price is Right shell game, uh, where essentially you get to roll the, you get to basically see like a shell roll, like shuffle, and then you select the ball that has uh, that it's in. And instead of winning the prize, you get to win the spin the big wheel to win tickets. And it's and that's like, okay, that's, I guess, clever. I know a lot of kids just want Plinko, though. I mean, like, to me, nothing gets more than Plinko uh, as, a price, as a Price is Right game to be a mainstream audience thing. I would assume it would be the... the the Plinko. People want to see the Plinko chips. But, oh, oh well. Uh, and then the other one was, believe it or not, Press Your Luck. I mean, Press Your Luck just got announced to be in return, and, and I really love that game. But the version that is in the is in here is more of like a level tier game. Like, instead of, instead of one that's, you know, here's four tickets, here's six tickets, oh, a whammy took it all away. And then there's like an ability to win a small prize that's already in like a capsule or something. 
Uh, it really is just like, here's a money ladder and you go up different tiers. Like you go up one level, you go up two levels or you go down one level and that's a whammy. And I, I don't get that. I, I mean, I understand that's kind of, if you're going to go press your luck, sort of do that. But if you're going to do a press your luck game, just do tickets. Just do like, hey, you have five presses of the button and if and whatever you get after five is how many you get. And the big bucks is like big tickets. So it's like a 50, 100, 150 tickets, something like that. And then you have the bonus spins. Something would be more fun than just a tiered system like it's a money ladder. Um, and now I was thinking of different arcade ticket redemption games that could be variants into the into the game. So what I was thinking was uh, the wall. Now, now, unfortunately, we're not doing the contract, and we're definitely not having Chris Hardwick's likeness on here for various reasons currently in, in the news. Um, instead, what we would have is uh, essentially one through seven, and then you pick, uh, you basically hit a button like a light up button, and that stops the 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 light up to which direction you get. So, you know, there's some luck in some way you can blow it and you get four green, like four green balls. And then you get four red balls and you just go through a plinkle machine and whatever tickets are left is yours to win. And I think that would be a, a, a good, cool version because people want to see Plinko and the wall is basically a Plinko game show and the kind of the mechanism of the wall besides the contract is just making sure you survive with some money after the four red balls. So if I was going to make a ticket redemption game, make it based off the wall, uh, drop four green balls into different slots of various ticket amounts, you know, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20, 25, 50, 100, one. And then just like, Hey, you can lose these tickets along the way. Something like that would be fun. And then if you wanted to, you could like see where the four is and then have like a contract of you could not play and, and not lose any more tickets and take home like 20 or 30 tickets instead of dropping it and, and just have that minor contract signing thing if you want. But I think that just adds another layer to a complex game which is just Plinko and trivia. Um, an arcade game needs to be really, really simple, even more simple than the game show itself. Uh, the other one I was thinking was just simply just uh, the, the, like a Price is Right big wheel. Get closest to a dollar without going over. If you get a dollar, you get to spin the jackpot. Like what? Like that's all you need to do is just get, make the big wheel and actually spin the big wheel and watch kids get hurt. I think that's probably why it's not a real game yet. I mean, Big Bass Wheel is kind of like the big wheel, but I want like the ability to spin twice in that to get to a dollar without going over. I think that's a nice mechanism. And then it's like, well, if you get like, and then it's a point structure. So it's like, if you only got five or 10 or 15, you get one ticket, 20, 25, 32 tickets, et cetera. So then it's like 90, 95 is like your, your 10 tickets, but that dollar is the big jackpot wheel. Something like that would be fun. Because uh, then cause then you can make it so it's like you hit the dollar, you already get 100 tickets, and then you get a zero plus whatever is left, which means you get the dollar, you get 1,000, which means 1,100 tickets. Whoa! Now you're only like 
a third of the way there to win a mediocre teddy bear. I, I like that. Um, so this is this is Jordan's game show life. So before I, I started the recording tonight, I got a whole bunch of stuff here uh, from my world, and I'm just going to look at it and observe it. And and, and yeah, if if this is boring to you, I mean, just probably skip maybe 20 minutes. Here we go. Um, oh, first is something exactly from my windows. Uh, this is my pitch for a Press Your Luck revival. Well, what good is it these days? There's now going to be a Press Your Luck revival. All right, so here was how I was going to do Press Your Luck. I might as well say it now uh, and not wait till the Press Your Luck episode. Uh, here we go. So in this version of my game, we were going to have... Uh, three contestants, and it's bookended. So that means no returning champions. As the as the major complaint is basically how people really love the spinning round. You know, the big bucks, no Amy, stop, push the button. But then they see the trivia round, and they kind of find it a little boring. Uh, I was going to make the spin round and the big board together. Uh, instead of doing the trivia round separately from the, from the big board, uh... There's going to be seven questions in round one. If you buzz in with a correct answer, you get the one spin. And every question is one of three possible answers, meaning it's pretty much impossible for someone to not buzz in and take a guess, unless you just have no time, in which case no spin is one. If they buzz in with the correct answer, they get a choice. They can press their luck with that one spin or pass it to an opponent. Uh, the, the concern I had was, who do you pass it to? Do you pass it to whoever is your choice, or do you follow classic press-your-luck rules of whoever's in first place and force them to answer it, uh, to press-your-luck? Uh, in this game, it is it's like classic round two board, where it's 3,000 in a spin, 4,000 in a spin, 5,000 in a spin. But in the, in the special square, you see big bucks, and then you see a whammy. The third square, because everything's a, a rule of three squares per, per tile, like, it, it's three blocks, and each block is three different frames. So, like, for instance, box four is 3,000 spin, 4,000 spin, 5,000 spin. I believe 16, is it? Maybe 16 or 12. I have to do my research. It would be big bucks, a whammy, and then something called grand prize. And the grand prize is basically a featured prize for the round. In round one, it would be a extravagant like vacation, like a cruise. Something that's around $8,000, $9,000. So when a contestant gets a question right, they can decide. Do they want to press your luck and try and get either that prize or some big bucks? Or do they want to pass it to their opponents and hope they whammy? In this game, there is no real penalty for four whammies. There is no four whammies, you're out of the game. But whammies still will mean wacky skit with the whammy. <laughs> Take your money. And you still go back to zero. Other than that, game plays like normal. Uh, so... When that so the rule is basically in round one you're fighting basically just to build up your bank, and whoever has the most money in round one still gets the advantage in round two. That being the final spin, in round two, basically the values are doubles. Now it's six thousand a spin, eight thousand a spin, and ten thousand dollars in a spin, but the grand prize is now a new car, and that's your plug to do the fabulous new car is the 2019 Kia Sorento, something like that. And the gameplay is still played same as round one with seven more questions and, and seven more presses of the button. 
which means there's now strategy in play. If you are basically, uh, if you're if you have a big lead, now you have to make sure you keep it by pressing your luck and passing those spins. Unless you get an in a spin and you could be passed back, of course. If you want, though, you can press your luck and pass and hit the person in, in, in first place that way, too. So now you're playing to protect your score, not just to say enough is enough. So now the questions mean more than just simply a token of when to spin the wheel, as it were. Uh, in round two, the same set, it's this new set of seven questions. Uh, values are double now. And then... After all seven questions are read, we dim the lights. It's more dramatic. It's the final spin. The 15th spin, quote unquote, even though, as we know, there's Anna spins probably likely to be showing up and prizes. So then the person who was in first place at the end of round one gets that final spin and they have a choice to make. They could still be in first place. They could be in second place. They could still be in last place and have a decision to make. Press their luck one last time or pass it to their opponent. Because remember, the rule of press your luck. Whoever has the most money at the end of two rounds gets to take home all the cash and prizes they've won in the game. The rest leave with nothing but consolation prizes. So so for me, I think that would make the game a little faster, but also keep the same spirit of the game alive because people want to see the whammy. So they want time for those funny skits, and they still want the questions. And instead of just giving them four and four, which is eight, you're now giving them pretty much 14 questions per game, which uh, is a little faster. Uh, as long as you can keep the big bucks, no whammies, stop, and keep that constantly going, you'll have a, a, a formula. I do not know what the new format is. I'm assuming it's just going to play classic, trivia round, big board, trivia round, big board. I kind of like the idea of just merging the two together myself. Uh, and, and I and kind of wrote down the descriptions. I even had graphic packages and all that. It's kind of fun. Um, but who knows? I'll, I'll probably <laughs> show it off sometime in the future. Uh, that, that, that's fun. Let's see what else I have in my desk. Um, oh, wow. In my Google Drive. All right. So this is the second tab I have open. In my Google Drive, I have my pitch film, my, my pitch for a game show I, I created called Intuition. So this is, wow, I was probably 22 when I created this, like really early on. Wow. Okay. So Intuition was basically an audience participation game show mixed with a prediction game show where it's three contestants, a red person, a green person, and a blue person. And the idea was supposed to be they got to predict the outcome of different games played with studio audience members that are pulled. So, for instance, someone would come would be pulled from the audience and play skee ball. Now you've just saw the person; they are up on stage, and they get money for every ball they make. So basically, just like the ten points is ten dollars, fifty is fifty bucks. You get the idea. And all three have to guess what is their score going to be. And and unlike prices, right where it's higher or lower, uh, where they have to get close out going over. And this one, they can go higher or lower. It really is whoever's closest. But in the event it's like on the money, like close by, like say the answer is five and someone picked four or six, it would go to the person lowest, so four. Um, I, I think the, and then it was with the game, it was if you got the prediction correctly after the game got played out, they got a money, which is like $1,000 in round one, and then a second game for 2000 and round three, four. 
But not only do you get the money, you also get to choose the category of prizes. And there is a different, uh, there's eight screens on a board and it's all your various uh, categories. So it's one's just cars, one's vacations, one is cash, one is furniture, one is tech, and the other three are kind of all jumbled up, like going green or things in New York, something like that. Um, and once you pick a category uh, and you see that what it is, like vacations, you'll see three different prizes, such as here's a trip to New York, here's a trip to London, and here's a Caribbean cruise. And you get to pick, and much like, uh, what was that game called? I believe it's called, I believe it was called Temptation. Not to be confused with Sale of the Century Temptation. I think it was called Temptation, where it was just, here's three prizes, pick one. If one of your opponents does not pick that prize, uh, you get the prize. So either one of you gets a prize, none of you get a prize, or all three of you get your respective prize. And after four rounds and four prize rounds, whoever had the most money in cash and prizes in total uh, keeps it all and plays a final round for $100,000, which is essentially just a quick version of the game where there's now eight squares and then three envelopes in each square. One says half, one says full, one says, one's like the, the, the lose everything. And you're supposed to get uh, eight cash amounts in eight squares. If you hit lose at any time, you lose everything. But you can hit the panic button and and bail out at any point. Kind of like a classic game show in that regard. Uh, I, I like that game show. I might want to go back into probably pitching that. But I think it's a little too lengthy now that I think about it. But I do like the idea of just like pulling from the audience. And it's an original idea somewhat. Like I don't think that that can't really go. But... Who knows? Maybe maybe Fremont wants it. Even though I just said it now publicly on a podcast, which means I guess now anyone can take it. I don't know rules of copyright law. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. What else is here on my computer? Um, oh, that's embarrassing. Okay, so I, I will just keep this quick. Uh, when I was around 14, 15 in middle school, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge debuted on Spike TV. And I really like that show a lot because I'm a fan of game shows, obviously. And it's a very funny show uh, that I wrote down a whole lot. Almost like a fan fiction in a way uh, of MXC, where it was basically like Kenny Blankenship, Vic Romano, and some of the things they would say. And then some of the fake names they would show up with. And the one I wrote down here is Geeks versus Greeks. And I, the reason I have this out is because I believe... I had this pitch. I didn't finish up this episode, but they didn't make. That's the only actual MXE game show episode was a Geeks versus Greeks episode where it was fraternities and sororities uh, taking on, you know, computer geeks, gamers, etc. For the and that was, I believe, one was Universal Orlando with Tony Hawk. So I'm kind of like, so I'm kind of like, I'm a little like choked up a bit because, wow, I can't believe I had this still in my possession but at the same time wow i've always been in game shows even in middle school this is kind of weird uh all right this one right here is oh this is not this is just an email i got uh from the cast from the crew uh for a minute to win it for game show network right after i graduated college that was the first gig i got in game shows was for minute to win it i was uh, a p i guess it was a pa job but really i was working boot camp now on minute to win it 
the contestants get to know ahead of time what games are played. So they go to the studio and there's basically almost like a carnival, like row after row of just every game played on Minute to Win It. And the contestants would go to each station to see what the game is. And one of our job is basically as like basically like a like a challenge producer, explain the game as, as thorough as we can, but not hint at like cheats such as, you know, bounce the ping pong ball into the glass. You have to use your ball. You can't go this way. You can't throw it. And, and that was that was actually probably the best job I've had in game shows because I got to basically be a mini game show host for a day and I got to be energetic. I think that one was the Apollo Anton Ono one. And I'm sure, I'm almost damn sure, if you check some GSN episodes, you can find me in the background of some of those contestant interviews, which I still say is kind of ridiculous because this was Game Show Network and they're only winning like $10,000 or $20,000. They don't need a sob story for winning like five grand. It barely is enough to cover a credit card bill, let alone build a house. It's not like the NBC edition where, yeah, maybe six figures is enough. What? Uh, but but I had a lot of fun with Minute to Win It. I was a blast host, like basically being a production assistant on that show. Uh, I got to play with a lot of ping pong balls and and hug a lot of rando people, and it was great. Um, they hugged me. I wasn't confronting them for a hug, so no, I thought that was enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> that's that was actually a really fun gig. Uh, I, 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 I should probably see what happened to some of those people. I, I bet they did some great things. Uh, <laughs> I think they're probably not working on Double Dare or maybe Beat the Clock on, on uh, the Family Channel, the Disney, the Discovery Family Channel. <laughs> wow. That was so, but that was still almost a decade. That was almost seven years ago. I barely have any jobs in the industry these days, I should point out. But I do have friends who work in the industry. So it's always fascinating to see from their perspective how the industry is going versus mine where it's almost being like a Dave Meltzer of wrestling where it's just like speculations. But uh, <laughs> that was a fun, fun uh, job. I will say that that's a top tier. The only other great job I remember having was being a think tank for Big Brother. I can't say anything about working at Big Brother because I still signed a non-disclosure agreement, so I, it's always uh, borderline what I can and can't say. But I will say that, too, was also a really good job. And the people who work on Big Brother are aware of the fandom. And they do read your tweets, folks. So so don't think you complaining about a contestant losing is not going up to the top. It is. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> that was also a really fun uh, job. I, I maybe it's just it, it, it's fun to work in game shows but I know some of these are just boring or it's just you know collecting things moving boxes supply gathering grabbing props I I, I don't know sometimes it's just dry like researching uh, but man that was those were fun good jobs well, that's amazing uh, let's see what else do I have here uh, oh here we go this is uh this is a tabletop simulator. Uh, in my free time, I do game show. I do games on tabletop simulator, and that's that's cool. So one, the most recent one I did was for Password. I tried to revive Password, uh, and I, I had a whole lot of. I made over five hundred passwords, and I had a little scoreboard here, and I even wrote the rules down. So it's basically like classic game show Password, where the first to twenty five gets to play the speed word. Uh, that that version, 
so if you get 25, you can play for up to $25,000. Uh, in the speed word, you get 60 seconds to get your partner to say up to five passwords. For each one you get, you get $1,000 a piece. And then you get to play for five times that amount in the final password, which is one mildly tougher word, and you only have three tries at it. If the contestant can say that password, you get five times the value or 25,000 because five passwords at 60 seconds each is 5,000 times five is 25,000. You see, there you go. Then the partner switch because these are still celebrities and they get to play again. What's again, the rules still go as normal. First to 25 gets to play for $25,000 and then we switch again. Uh, and it just keeps going back and forth until time runs out. When time runs out, whatever is the score in the round is valued at $100 a point and given to each of the contestants as well. So that way, if a contestant kind of screws up, they still get some money, which I kind of was worrying about. All right, let's see what else here. I have a letter from the people who make The Runner. That was an online game show for Go90. Remember Go90, Verizon's attempt to make television? Anyway, it was hosted by Matt Pat, the YouTuber. Uh, and it was basically like the amazing race, but set in uh, around the world, uh, not around the world, set in, in the United States. What it was supposed to be one guy would go from one city to another. And the idea is that you, you there's other five teams of like amazing race kind of people there to grab the one person. And if they catch the guy or girl, uh, they get money that goes up every second of every day until they're caught. And I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, and then you would have the audience participate. So they too get money. And I won twice. So I got $2,000. I think I spent that money on video games. Also, I had to help my mom out with something. So that was nice. Uh, also, some credit card bills. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So the other, so right here uh, in my hand is some, is some VIP passes I got for the Price is Right. Uh, about six years ago, uh, I was uh, I, uh, Mark, uh, Mike Richards, who is the executive producer for The Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal, had a podcast called The Random Show. And uh, he invited me on because I'm a Price is Right super fan. And he asked me questions about The Price is Right. I talked about how my favorite game is Rat Race. So I can't wait to talk about Rat Race on The Price and Game of Spotlight. Um, and he was wondering, like, hey, I heard you wanted to be an intern here. And I said, yeah, but then I graduated college. And I just made him look like an asshole. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> so so I, I, I got VIP passes to see backstage of The Price is Right. And it was a fun experience. There was a parking space for me. I got to walk around. Uh, you don't get to meet Drew. You don't get to meet the models. But you do get to see the props. And you do get to see the big wheel. And that wheel is pretty big but the doors i'm almost the size of the doors to be honest i'm but now i'm six feet two so it's like there's only about like maybe two like feet of leverage over it. i think it's like eight feet high so that's kind of wacky to me uh but but the price is right was a fun experience and, and i just wanted to say this if you're ever in los angeles here please go see a taping of the price is right it's like the happiest moment you'll ever see like it's pure joy in there and then when the show ends, there's pure misery of when they don't get picked, and that's also fun. Uh, but it, but if you have a blast, you have a blast. It's really the happiest place, secondarily probably Disneyland, you will ever see in Los Angeles. 
So, so please go see a Price is Right taping. I'm not saying that because I because I got VIP t- passes. It really was just a great experience, even if you're not a contestant. Um, and finally, I have bingo balls. Uh, for a while, I had a game show on Twitch called Bingo Buddies, whereas basically we got like the five by five bingo card. You know, B one through fifteen, uh, I sixteen to thirty. N31 to 45, G46 to 60, and O61 to 75. And I would ask people to print out a bingo card and show it to me on the internet, like before we recorded, after we asked a fun question, and it was basically playing like a boring host. And it was actually a fun show. We gave away like small prizes. I would say we we gave away more than $5.35 that, that, HQ gives out to these people. I once gave away a $60 video game, so so eat it. Eat it, uh, HQ. I'm the interactive game show, but that was so that was like almost four years ago at this point. Like, wow, I made so many game shows. Um so I have made a game show. I worked in game shows. And it's so weird, like seeing all these little points in my life where I've worked at game shows. I mean, the only other thing I could say that is game show related in my life right now is the bars going up while making this podcast that you're hearing now, which I find fascinating. So thank you for uh, wishing me a happy birthday. Uh, Let's get started with tonight's episode. The pigeonhole principle states that if the number of holes is one less than the number of pigeons available, then two pigeons would share a hole. In game theory, it means if the number of players is more than one of the number of chairs, then the one player is left standing. That would determine a player is eliminated and the process was to be repeated again until one was left standing. This was the plot of what would become musical chairs. De Gurren Company is no stranger to game shows, having produced the revival of 21 on NBC, Lingo for Game Show Network, The Singing Bee, and responsible for bringing over The Weakest Link from the BBC to the United States. The original version was part rock concert, part game show, as 20 contestants would compete in a human demolition derby for the right to sit in a chair. This premise was called Extreme Musical Chairs, and abbreviated XMC in press releases. As you might have guessed, XMC is very close to the initials MXC, or Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, a comedic dub of clips from the Japanese game show Takeshi's Castle. Because of this success, ABC debuted a game show called Wipeout, executive produced by Fear Factor's Matt Kunitz. With MXC's cancellation and Wipeout being a popular game show, it was time for Gurren to bring back the format, ultimately selling it to the CW to pair with some of their other original formats debuting in 2012, including a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, and Arrow, an adaptation of the DC Comics vigilante superhero Oliver Queen. But with a lower budget, costs had to be cut, 20 players became 12. The hosting would be done by green screen, rather than in person. But maybe, just maybe, there will be charm in its presentation. Or, just a whole lot of puns, because sit sounds a whole lot like shit.
Anyway, grab a seat. We're talking oh sit. Now let's turn the table. With me on the line is the host of Fun Time Calls, my best friend from the internet, Hendrix Trog on Twitter and Twitch. I just know him as Jack. Hello, Hi Jack. there. Hi, hello. Welcome to Fun Time Calls. Uh, where's Ian? No, 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 not that show. No, we're not. Oh, it's is. Oh, it's not it. Oh, it's. Oh, this is the different one. This oh, is the one, this is the one I do without you, Chuckles. Well, I guess now I'm here, so there yeah. we go. This is the birthday episode. You're you're here. It's my birthday. Uh, it's March. 1st. Oh, it's your birthday. Uh, what? Um. Well, well, happy birthday. I I didn't get you anything. So, you. Sorry. Just you being here is a present enough. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> we need guests to go on my game show podcast. Well, and uh, when when I asked if you wanted to go, you jokingly said, oh, sit. And I was confused. <laughs> I wasn't a joke. That was legitimate. It couldn't be anything else. Why? <laughs> I, and this is me being honest. If it wasn't for oh, sit, Jordan, I don't think we would be friends. What? <laughs> I literally think Osit is the reason why we are friends today. What? I mean, I'm trying to think back here. Like, like around the time that launched, like, I was just like, when we were on, on Twitter, like, I was basically a reply guy. Like, I would, I'd reply to your tweets and go like, you epic, man. Totally <laughs> <Funny>. epic. <laughs> I was desperate. I was like, this guy seems cool. All right. Yeah, that was funny. And then, um, like, I remember at the time, I don't know if you were, you wrote something or you made a funny video or you were just on Twitter going like, this is the worst show ever. It like is, you were having a freak out over the, I oh, think it was my old blog when it was called, it was called hipster Jordan's garbage emporium. That, yep. That's the one. And you, I think you had something up about, oh, sit, And I, I read that carefully, and then uh, it was when uh, another friend of ours, Stodd, he had me on for a Skype show he was doing. Oh, uh, That's when we added each other on Skype. That's right. Stodd is currently a challenge producer on Double Dare. So it's so it's weird. Sure like, yeah. all these people in my life, it's... He's at yeah, Sidious Stodd on Twitter. Please, please follow him. That's my plug to, to Stodd. I bet he would love that. Um, and yep, yeah, and then basically when we were first having conversations, the I since you like game shows so much, the first thing immediately brought up was oh sit, and the rest is history. Because you just like tormenting me, I guess. But uh, no, because I I wanted to joke with you about something you talked about. So yep. Yeah, so I, I that's actually you know what that comes from the heart. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> See, I told you, I told you, I had a legitimate reason. You did have like a reason. For for oh sit uh so I just to quickly talk about the game I guess it's musical chairs oh but Jordan yeah this is musical chairs like you've never seen before uh, players get smashed up beat up and almost just, drowned almost drowned just to sit down. The episode we saw was season two, episode four. I don't know anything else about it other than 
There was a musical guest from a Disney show called Roshan. Well, that's his name. He was uh, from Shake It Up. Dance, the dance... Disney dance show. I don't know. You're the Disney guy here. You should know the Disney. I'm not the Disney guy. I play Kingdom Hearts. I, I've, I've watched maybe a few. I don't think I watched any Disney movies last year. You, you're the guy. You jokingly first said Quizney when I brought it up, and then you went over said. I mean, Qu- Quizney is it, that the only reason why I rep that show is because that's like the one quote unquote game show I found out before you did. <laughs> But so so the, the the format is weird. It's essentially so the guy who created Phil Guerin, uh, he wanted to make I guess his own physical challenge game show through the eyes of of musical chairs. But there's a lot of producers, and they don't think they figured out what exactly was the format, other than it's musical chairs. Like you've never seen it before. And then, and ju- just don't watch Wipeout. What's Wipeout? I never heard of that. What if we got comedians behind a green screen, like, months after the recording, as we got a team of probably cheap writers that we got in North Hollywood to write the most basic-ass jokes about one little snippet that a contestant wrote on their, like, on their sheet, their form. Yeah, I, it maybe I had to like think from was like, wait, when did they come up with like cheeseburger? Because that's like they were referencing that, so it had to have been like before they did the green screen stuff. So what so they that- did was they probably had the like the the there. Okay, so the contestant probably in this one was named Cheeseburger. She's a girl whose I guess hobby is she loves cheeseburgers. In other words, my dream woman. So, <laughs> but unfortunately, she had a fiance. So my heart was broken. Well, you never know. It's been, like, how many years since the show's been out? Maybe things Uh, didn't work out. It was 2012, so five, six, seven. Seven years ago. But so, so, (laughs) what they do for the contestants is, I guess, you're like, I want to be a contestant on this physical challenge game show. Okay, uh, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? What do you do for fun? How competitive are you? So then you can say some weird quirk about yourself. Yeah, and some of these quirks were, um, they're definitely from people who don't really have much of an imagination at times. Like someone just kind of looked in the mirror and went, oh, that's okay. I got mine. I have abs. So oh. I'm the abdominator. I'm, th- it's three people, like three of them are basically just like, I like to dance. So I'm familiar with the game musical chairs. <laughs> You, like like number twelve. There there are twelve. By the way, there are twelve people competing in this. So six one of men, the, six women. Just to make sure they split it up just right. They're partnered with twelve coaches on the sidelines, and they get. They these, were all. They they said coaches, but the coaches didn't really matter. They kind of just you just saw them clap, and they had this big oversized like campaign button. Like they were. They were there in like in the same vein, like in the prices, right? You have like like Drew Carey go like, and is that your family member? Is that your sister right there? Oh, yeah, that's, that's like, the yeah, aw- Drew. It's the awkward no, it's the awkward wheel of fortune. It's and which is funny because Sony Pictures. It was filmed at the Sony Pictures lot in Culver City. So it was right next door to, I believe, Shark Tank and Wheel of Fortune. And they all said like like in the audience of the sixty people that were there, there were only like a handful that brought like cardboard signs. Which I'm guessing is like 
old like WWE carny trick where it's we already pre-made the signs. Can you hold them up for the camera? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. And then when we get to the actual like game itself, I'll reference more things about wrestling. I noticed that I was also very annoyed by. So uh, essentially what I'm guessing is production standpoint, they got the contestants and then they probably pushed them to the show probably as soon as possible. I would say that was the most rushed uh probably from campaign to to show because pro- I'm guessing the intro videos that they had was at the day of production. There, yeah, it was all very cheap. Like mine like it would be like if I was like contestant. My name is Jordan. I'm from California. And you know what I love to do? I love to go arcade gaming. Oh, that's Joy that's Joystick. Watch 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 out for Joystick. Oh, I'll I could I and then you have the all the video game like, I want to. I would play with his joystick any day. Thanks, Jesse Krushank. Oh yeah, there's two hosts. It's Jesse Krushank and Jamie Kennedy, beloved WB celebrity, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, you've been next. You're on this show, and Jesse Krushank, which I'm trying to remember where she's from at all. Well, I mean, she's from Osit. That's all that matters. You know, Jesse Krushank, whose I guess gimmick is I'm horny. I mean, uh, that's ahead of her time, I guess. Like, uh, she was on MTV Canada. She, uh... Well, that makes sense, considering where most of the CW's content's from now. She was an MTV person, so I'm guessing that's why she got hired, because teenage... Because this was a CW show, and CW was still the teenager channel. This was right the same time around Arrow and Beauty and the Beast. So this was still the, we need the heartthrobs. We need something to air probably in between reruns of Supernatural. What do we, kids- need some, we need some variety. We we need to find a way, like, this is, I think, like, American Ninja Warrior spawned off, like, around this time as well from yes. regular Ninja Warrior. Well, that was, I think, 2011, 2012. But which would be around that, like, that's around yeah. the time frame when some executive would go, oh my god, we need this now. We need a physical challenge game show. That's the big bucks. All the money. Uh, and, I mean, he did have this idea for an Extreme Musical Chairs for a long time. Uh, in my intro, I, I bring up the fact that it was originally called Extreme Musical Chairs, or XMC, which anyone can know sounds mm. like MXC. Yeah, huh? So they had to change it. Um... It almost sounds like UFC. So yeah, it makes they were me trying to make it tough. It was like a tough guy, musical chairs. They're gonna they're gonna beat each other, which again, like that would maybe make sense for another like for Spike TV. I'm pretty sure if, they probably pitched the Spike and like no. Spike TV was probably like, no, we got the fucking stooges, man. We got the Gre- motherfucking mansers. We got motherfucking we got motherfucking stooges. We got Game trucks. Are coming up. We don't need you. We don't need you at all. Why don't you go? Their show sounds girly. Go to the CW. That's probably what happened. And probably that's exactly like what happened with uh, the show. Uh, and it it shows in its cheapness in the production. Uh, I think the production was rushed when it came to casting to tape day, and then after the and then after they probably got a writer to say what the gimmick is for the contestants. So like cheeseburger loves cheeseburgers, or ab guy loves his abs. Like, the contestant corner guy is like, okay, well, we're going to make you out to be this guy, so could you, like, show off your abs? If you're, like, the the, the guy who looks like Ryan Gosling, because you're a stuntman who probably worked on Drive. Uh, you and, he, could... and, by the way, did not look anything like Ryan Gosling. 
we're going to just, uh, we're going to make sure that we, like, bring you up to be like Ryan Gosling, if that's okay with you. Uh, it would be funny. Hey, and uh, you, Mr. Uh, Swag Sauce, that's your name, Mr. Malcolm. Can you, like, act like an asshole the whole time? Yeah, uh, you're badonkadonk. You like to twerk. Can you twerk a few times on camera? Thank you. Oh, oh, she lost immediately. Oops. Well, no. guess, so, we can, guess we don't have to worry about that. So here's how the game works, because it's musical chairs. Uh, the, the, the There's going to be a band, the FOS band. Uh, it stands for full of sit. Get it? Oh, no, I, like not oh. shit sit full of sit it's funny that again that's that sounds like something from the spike writing crew it's full of sit and they play a song a beloved teenage mtv era song like kesha's die young and then the contestants have to go through and it's basically like go make laps around the course like remember when you were in pe and you had to go walk around like the basketball court a few times or yeah, no, I, I remember that until I went signed up for band class. I didn't have to do PE anymore. So what if we like add weird obstacles to the mix to making the laps around like your chair? Oh, like Wipeout? No, totally different. Because in this one, you go up a, a, like a mountain like you're at the Discovery Zone in the 90s and then slide down the slide. Oh, kind of like Ninja Warrior. Well, no, because if you go in the water, you lose <laughs> in Ninja Warrior. In this one, you have to keep going. Uh, in this, in this one, and in this one, you go into the icy water, and then you have to go out of the icy water. And that doesn't seem very safe. And this is this, and this one's called uh, <laughs> what was the one that was in the first round? Uh, the 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 block, the block layer, the brick layer, the blockade. The... Those were that was the one thing I didn't take notes on. Was like I I could not give less of a shit about what they called the obstacles because they would change them so quick and they didn't really matter. It didn't. So they had to go through every obstacle, and for every obstacle there was like a green light, and for each time you pass the green light, you get a little bit of money in the money bank. That does not get that is not yours to keep. Only the person who is the last one sitting. At the end of the show, gets to take all the money home. And it's like the camera angles of that were really weird. Like it was always super close up and like all like specific angles on one of those obstacles. You never see an angle of like the whole circle. Yeah. Like you could, you would, in a, in a show with a, a slightly bigger budget, you'd think you'd go, okay, camera three, why don't you just get the ring here? And that way you can kind of see like just a quick shot here of people going around our fabulous circle. But maybe because maybe the circle that maybe they almost did that. Maybe the circle didn't look good. Maybe or maybe because of the chair mountain on top. They couldn't get a camera bolted perfectly on there. They couldn't do something like that. So because of that, they went for these weird like close up shots. GoPros. A lot of GoPros. (laughs) A lot of GoPros. Again, like cheap stuff. Like I I see why. But man. So uh, they go through each like obstacle until this like a song midway breaks then like a little noise plays and there's bridges and they have to cross the bridge to get to the chair island where there are chairs in each round there's a different set of chairs uh in round one it goes from 12 to 10 chairs uh and then in round two it goes with the nine people left more on that later it goes from nine to seven seven to five five to three and then the final three in the chair mountain but here's the twist, Jack. Not all the chairs are actually going to help you out. Oh, really? You mean sometimes you land on a bad chair? That's right. In this game, 
the money is also not just on the track, but in the chairs themselves, with money amounts ranging from $50 to $5,000. So you got to make the right choice to your chair. Otherwise, you too can be eliminated because whoever has the lowest score in both track and chair is also eliminated each round. Wow. That's so amazingly hope- boring. Oh, it's great because that means that some guy who is not Jesse or Jamie has to be on the intercom and go, Okay, Malcolm, uh, you scored six tracks. That's that's uh, $1,200. And your money chair is $450. That makes your total $1,650. Wow, cool. Thanks, I guess. I don't, seems like a weird way of building tension. Oh, one of you has the lowest one and will be eliminated. That's number six, Cheeseburger. Okay, bye-bye, Cheeseburger. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, no. Studio yet. Before they go bye-bye, Tamika Ray, who has to play sideline reporter, gets to talk to them, just like Wipeout. She's also the voice know. of Cyber oh. Lucy. Did I mention that? She's Cyber Lucy from Wheel 2000. Yeah, what a great callback there. If you want to know PlayStation-level kids' game show of Wheel of Fortune, look to Tamika Ray as Cyber Lucy being the sideline reporter going, You fell in the water! How does that feel? You done fell in the water! You went in a swimming pool, you idiot! How do you feel? And she's the only one that's like an actual host there. Like, Jesse and Jamie are clearly not even present. So she has to basically play the improver. It's almost as if they call Jesse and Jamie, like, weeks later. Hi, we need a host desperately. Could you, like, can you hurry up here? We were originally going to get, like, uh, Pick Boy to do this, and he kind of was a little too expensive. Turns out Pick Boy's in high demand. So we can't, sorry, Jeff Suffin, by the way. (laughs) We can't have him. So could you come in, Jamie Kennedy? We'll give you, like, three grand. Sure. Uh, so, Cheeseburger got eliminated the first round, but there was a twist because of the fucking obstacles and the safety that comes with the equipment. Not one, but two people got injured. Yeah, you had the fireman, Alex, or as he comes up, Burning Man, and then you had the grandma, feisty grandma, whatever her name was, Jennifer. She, both of them got hurt bad because one of the obstacles wasn't fucking safety proofed because they rushed it. It's uh it's awful. And basically what happened was the the obstacle was they had to go up like a like a block and then if they weren't careful they would slide into the water, but if they pr- push themselves a little further, they go down into a slide and there was like a little you know like a little mat, like a little classic gymnastics mat on the bottom there, but it's wedged in a way that if you slide, your ankle will clearly hit the back side of the pad. So it but it wrapped a, a couple people's ankles. Oh, and don't forget about the other one that happened. Like, um, Cheeseburger would have lost anyway. Like, she would have been gone forever, even if those two left. But then, what happened to Miss Number Four? Oh, she. Oh, or someone. Uh, yeah, someone else. It wasn't Number Four. Someone else. But they got the flu. Number Eight. Yeah, someone uh, got the flu. Someone was like, "I don't want to get a cold, so I don't want to go in this ice water anymore." Miss Muscle, that was her name. She she got the flu. In the middle of the broadcast. So they had to bring back Cheeseburger because she was the only one who could still walk. 
<laughs> and they yeah. also did an interview with the two injured people basically laughing like, ah, you got, you dodged, twisted the ankle. You look at you guys, you guys, you broke your ankles. Looks How's like it going? You can't sue us. You signed a form, you can't sue us, and you can't get any money for this, so good luck paying for this. Have fun, it's not covered in your HMO. <laughs> and then in the final funny one uh because the bridges which are like i would say a little creative because it's not just like get from one place to another it's kind of like uh like a like a balance beam or like an arch or like some sort of like reverse monkey bar situation some of them were creative and then sometimes some of them were just like just go underwater and this swim. was called holy sit get it holy sit because there's a hole, you go in the hole, then you have to swim through hula hoops underwater, and then you climb up a ladder. Which I just want to point out, if the rule of O-Sit is if you hit the water, you're out, why have an obstacle where the whole premise is you just swim underneath it? Wouldn't that be the go-to obstacle then? Because there's no chance for you to quote-unquote fall off the bridge and restart? It makes no sense. No, it does not. So one contestant... Uh, ruptured her shoulder going through holy sit. Yeah, so she, yeah, number 12. That was, uh, that was the twerk girl. So because the twerk girl couldn't, uh, hurt her shoulder, cheeseburger returns again. Again! <laughs> like, they really, I don't know if it's luck or whatever, but she returns a third And time. don't forget, like, before, like, when she first, when she... Went back and lost the first time. They gave her a cheeseburger to eat, probably from Wendy's, and she ate it. And then and they brought her back, and I was like, she's probably not going to win now because she got that burger in her belly. You just gave her a cheeseburger. You're all doing your silly bit. She's cheeseburger. You got some PA to go cross the street to the Wendy's. Bring it back. So obviously, spoilers, she lost again, but she didn't even make it to the chair, so she's just out. And then they did the money thing again and once again anticlimactic one round had flow uh row 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 fight the power row what's his face from disney perform his song roshan roshan instead of like the, to party yeah that was the song like number two party yeah like like number two party like a poop party a song a song that would most likely be a hit on radio disney at the time <laughs> Even though I think Radio Disney closed around this time forever. <laughs> just a, uh, just just say it's a catastrophic failure on the part. Yeah, of no. Oh, but but remember, um, and this the second round that was when uh, fake Ryan Gosling he lost, and they decided to be funny if like they pretended to like, hey ladies, does anyone want to date him? Yeah. Take off your shirt. Take off your shirt. Look at those abs. Whoa. On an all new arrow. Coming soon to CW. Oh, he doesn't have enough scars to make that work. No. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Here's the names of all the... Uh, so first round was called First Blood. Round two was called Waterworks. Uh-huh. Round three was the Slick Zone. The Slick Zone. With one obstacle essentially being a giant curved slip and slide. I, I It's the weirdest thing like you would think for like an obstacle show like these would all be memorable i could not i can't remember them and i just watched it like they're all so forgettable and samey to me 
Round four was the fit. Was, uh, I just I think it was called mechanical something, and that was just. I called... thought round four was the chair mountain. No, round five is chair mountain. Oh, that it was. It went to five rounds. Okay. Yeah. And the values were like 150, then 200, then I believe 250, then 300, and then it goes to 1,500. Yeah, I know. It goes up to 10,000 and all that, so. The values are all scattered about. It makes no sense. The values when you go through each obstacle make no sense. It's all designed to ensure that they don't give away too much money because they don't have a lot of money. It's CW, folks. They don't have the money. If they could, they would also shoot this in the same set as Arrow. It being the club, <laughs> it would be, yeah, be in the. <laughs> you, would, you would you would see like Air, like Arrow's like weird workout pole machine in the background. Oh, they have to go up the salmon ladder before going to the ladder. It's like oh, and there's Oliver Queen started up the party. <laughs> well, can't believe it. They got. <laughs> They got musical yeah. guest Roshan again to perform. They get they got Roshan. Steve Aoki to perform this time, and 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 then they get like I for, I forget who's who's the the this this the nerd girl from the that oh, show. Oh, Felicity. Felicity. She, Felicity would be the girl who would talk. It's like you broke your ankle. What happened there? <laughs> you you fucked up hilarious you fell, you fell in the water you 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 screw up almost as much as oliver queen does hilarious <laughs> i hope you don't have to kill people now like oliver does when he screws up no don't do it how about you run for mayor that seems like a smart idea oh round four is called attack of the obstacles and then it's the chair mountain yeah I chair mountain at- yeah Okay, so it's 150 in round one, 200 in round two, 250 round three, 300 round four, and in chair mountain, it's 1,500. Yeah. The values. Do you give a shit about the values? Oh, no. No, the va- the values I mostly remembered all just being kind of like, wow, that's kind of nothing. Yeah, 50 for, bucks. For is- a show that demanding. Yeah, they just kind of 50, 100, then 150, then 250... And that was it. Because then the final round is just one chair in Chair Mountain, which is supposed to be like the big epic finale. Yeah, and it looked kind of like a weird tower of a bunch of pool toys, like, taped together. It looked like that one obstacle on Wipeout that you vaguely remember. Yeah, that one. Just the, the one. Because, that one with, like, the sweeper arm, and that's it. <laughs> like, And that's and that's like, oh, we have to have that, but it's got to spin, and also the, this is the only time where the chairs spin and, the, and, the bri- and like, the top of it spin. No, that was the la- second and last one. Yeah, Attack one. of the Obstacles, the chairs spin, and That the was the island. second and last one. And I like that. that. Was, I was like, that's a novel. Why couldn't you just do that in the very beginning? Yeah, it's almost as if they could have done something better, and maybe they're like, well, this uses up a lot of electricity do that so we don't have enough to fill the electric bill we have a rock concert to perform yeah no we can't do this all the same time sorry it feels like it's supposed to be it feels like it's three to four different shows it feels like it wants to be a rock concert it feels like it wants to be a slapstick comedy wipeout show it it, and then and then they want to do like the soup they want like two people in a green screen talk like talk afterwards and go like wow was Wow, t- wow, which, fart girl lost. Which, that that sh- that's sure shitty. Which doesn't work because on Wipeout the appeal was it was John Henson and John Anderson. John Anderson worked on ESPN. He's a sports broadcaster, and John Henson is the comedian. So you had one person presenting it like a sports broadcast. So it's the physical prowess of it, and then one who doesn't give a shit. They just want to see people get 
like fall fall in the water. On this show, you just have two people who don't give a shit being there, wanting to see them fall in the water. <laughs> it's, so it's like the, even the casting of that didn't work. Yeah, huh? So so definitely 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 kind of a screw up there. And oh, oh wait, we almost forgot to talk about when they just full on concert. Yes, they just at the end right when they went from four to three before they go to Chair Mountain, you get a special Roshan performance. And and to end where uh, one of the hosts was like, and he's legal now. Yeah, Jesse really wants to fuck. I think Roshan in this episode. He even it's yeah, even though it's like she looks like she's in her thirties or forties, and he looks like he's maybe just now eighteen or nineteen. So that's like weird. It's but that, that's the joke. It's comedy, folks. It's hilarious. It's, com- it's comedy creeping on younger kids. That's, that ain't funny. It's <laughs> Just wild. like this show, not funny. It's. I mean, so the jokes we were telling were a little better than this. Some of the jokes we even predicted were going to be said. Like, oh yeah, no, it's it was so sad. But the, like, so you know, these were like some cheap writers. It's okay. The girl is a truck driver. She's a sing- she's a mom. So she's mother trucker. It's uh, it's all it's a bunch of like what a mom would do when she wants to curse but she can't in front of her kids. So yeah. instead, God, God, God damn it, God bless America. Oh well, looks like she's gonna unload. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, get get it. Oh, flip off. Oh ho ho! It's like the good place. What the fork? It's you it's, know, and if it. And I can see where the visual were going through, and it seems like they were more ambitious than what was presented, but they didn't have the budget. And yeah, it, that's that definitely seems like it. Well, it, it certainly you know felt like it too in, in other aspects. Like, oh, we're gonna have music. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be all covers. My favorite uh, was well, <laughs> yeah. We hope he gets love karaoke. <laughs> we just got someone who barely could sing well enough to be on The Voice to sing some of these songs. They might as well bribe out members from the audience to like pick a song. That would have been more. You know what? That's a plus it up. That's like a if you could re like reboot or revive the show. That's a, like a good suggestion to put in. Like you might as well like I'm at you know give the judges who don't do anything something to do. What if like you pick you randomly pick someone from the judges to like okay like what's your favorite song? Do you think you could sing it? I really, do you know the lyric? Wait, we don't have the rights to this song. So can you sing like a five year old? Yeah, can you sing this song? Um, we'll have the lyrics on a monitor you can read. At least that'll be entertaining in, in between the obstacles. We'll let you listen. We'll let you listen listen the song for you know a couple times over, and you know that would at least you know and you know maybe they would get points for their person if they were still there based on like oh well how well did the audience like the the, the singer here or make we'll, that we so it's you- like the or make it so the the musical guest is the first singer. And then, like, not as, like, a punishment, but kind of like a, well, you got eliminated. Well, as you dry off, why don't you sing uh, something from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, so, something like that. Also, I, I completely forgot, like, there are referees in this. This is the other wrestling. There are, yeah. like, there's a celebrity referee. There, Ty is the referee. Now, in most episodes, it's my girl, Cat. I don't know why Cat's not the head co- uh, referee in this one. But it's one coach per one referee per obstacle on the track, and then one in the center chair island. Uh, and the it's to make sure there's a clean thing on the obstacle because it is a challenge. You have to go up and over and then pass the line. So someone has to make sure you do do it. And also, 
there is the rule of the game where it's uh you can sabotage opponents yeah you can if they're climbing something you can just kick them you can push you them can as, as long as you hit them in the head as long as you don't you can like elbow them into the you can't like accident i mean that but what i mean is the risk is that you could accidentally murder someone because that whole set isn't safe it is not there's a lot of foam rubber but clearly they couldn't figure out the, the there art. were several times where i saw people like almost step on someone or like crush them against like this yeah, plastic like, pool it, toys the, it's the unsafe ball pit at the Chuck E. cheese levels of i literally it's like they are so damn lucky that no one died like on set it's you know someone died on wipeout so i was surprised no one did on oh sit that that to me is, i mean and even then like when someone died in wipeout that was like they didn't disclose info on that one yeah this like is that just, was this like will be something that's like all on them like oh this, we, this would this would be all on the show like i even though they would be able to sue the show i feel like at the very least you could get that show in trouble like some of the padding fell off during the show like we, yeah no there's <laughs> i i letter it's it's like you could probably go over that legal document and maybe go like well this doesn't mention like if the set isn't safe like it's not like <laughs> like like there's there's no way in hell that you you couldn't find some loophole when it came to like how poorly safety plan that was even if you couldn't sue like the show itself you could probably sue the studio like go hey the fuck is this so another fun fact is they originally were planning on making OSIT that like that is the arena for international formats. So if somebody really loved OSIT and they wanted to have their own version of OSIT rather than go over and build their own OSIT arena, they would fly them out to Culver City into Sony Pictures and have them perform. Oh, that that sounds terrible. Oh yeah, it's um uh, there's a lot of, of uh problems with the show. To be honest, it did win a Rose Dewar Award for Best Game Show. So it is a it is a technically award-winning game show. Oof. I'm not kidding. I wish I was joking. This is an award-winning game show. An award-winning... You have to win an award if you can manage to run that show and not kill anyone. It's, uh... Greatest scam. You, you managed to get the show two seasons. I mean... Bravo! She- and I've seen season one and season two. So the difference is in season one, season two, they broke them up by the colors were different. One was a blue team. One was like a green team. I think all the men were green shirts. All the women were blue shirts. On this one, they made it more colorful, kind of like a like a demolition derby or NASCAR where it's like, this is the yellow shirt. This is the blue shirt. This is the green shirt. This that the- makes more sense also because th- like the first, that sounds like from the first season, it's like, guys versus girls and and by the way this episode all the girls lost uh a spoiler n- no women have won season two <laughs> do they <laughs> also all get injured <laughs> get they the all flu? twist their ankle and then cheeseburger shows up even if it's not her episode <laughs> cheeseburgers back at it again and she's like please you already gave me five cheeseburgers no more i just want to get paid in money not cheeseburgers <laughs> I have a I rent. I have rent to pay. I have rent to pay, and you keep come on, cheeseburger. <laughs> you keep promising me I'll win. Open wide. Eat the cheeseburger. Eat the cheeseburger on set. I know. Imagine I just... she just 
don't eat the cheeseburger anymore. Come on, give it up for cheeseburger. And, and the crowd just screams, "Where's Fart Girl? Where's Fart?" Imagine that, like her fucking gimmick, where she farts funny. Like that was the thing. Like I'm funny, and the thing that I like to laugh at the most is I fart. So they made that her fucking gimmick is she I mean, to be fair, that is much more lovable than all the dudes. All the dudes had terrible gimmicks. They all are are dancers or DJs or... Remember Chicken Leg? Like, I got skinny legs. That was his gimmick. Like, we got nothing. Like, you you work in computer support or something. Like, I don't... Literally all the ladies had far more interesting names than like one guy was abs, one guy's like I I I'm I'm a stunt guy, but I I'm not Ryan Gosling for some reason. Burning they never explain why. Like why is the nickname not Ryan Gosling? Like Yeah, no. Like I was thinking, okay, maybe he was like the stunt driver for a drive or something. Nope, they don't explain shit. Oh, uh, and don't forget, you know, we had Swaxus and Club Guy, Mr. Rue. The wor- Rue, Club Guy was the worst. And and swag. And those two were the worst and they went pretty damn far and I was very annoyed with them all the way through. It's 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 a I wouldn't hate I'm not saying brutal show. It's just a show that's uh it could have been a little better. In a few I think I think there's a lot it could have been better on. It could have been it, they could have improved, you know. For one thing, they should have double checked all their fucking equipment before they let people that, that go. Is. That's number a number one. They should have done that. Number two, like the judges mechanic should have been thrown away. Like get rid of the coaches. Get rid of like get get rid of get rid of that. Like don't even like mention the referees. Like you can just have like safety people there. Like I don't understand why you have safety people too. Like remember they had one person jump into the arena to pick up the girl who twisted her ankle. Yeah, no, it's like they have those folks, and it's just like you would you would think that like oh are the referees gonna like push someone off like is there no just you think there'd be like some theatrics to this like Like professional wrestling you want this to be like well i mean well they seemingly want it to be because they have like the folks holding the signs you have celebrity like referees you have these commentators who like wrestling are all kind of goofy and like it seems like they wanted a wrestling infused game show and they didn't even commit fully to that like you want it like they should have had a steel cage they should have had pyro well, I mean, also they encourage sabotage just like wrestling does like wrestling you have like brief team ups and then you betray someone you 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 want you, do all, <laughs> you want like Jamie i'm not and i don't even like wrestling and i recognize this stuff because it's just like so blatant like they want, set this up for that you want Jamie K to be like, here's Fart Girl with the foreign object. Oh, it's the folding chair. Why couldn't oh, they? Oh, God. There should have been like a one of them is like, oh, oh what's that? Opening up at the side. Oh, my gosh. It's water guns. You can pick up a water gun to strike someone. Like, that would be fun. I would like that. Yeah. What if it's like, what if that was what judges could do? Judges could help out during that second stage race the chair of like, of like knocking people down or something. That would take a cue straight from a total knockout that was with Kevin Hart that came out last year. Like, like again, it's that. like there, there's a lot of elements that could have added that could have made this. And I mean, I mean, that's the other issue with the show is that 
the chair section, when you have to race the chair, there's no time limit. So you have to wait for someone to get to the, if there's like one chair left and the two people are struggling, you can't just like, you know, time's up. I guess it's just four people. No, you have to wait for so, that one person. And that could be the $5,000 chair and they could like win. That, I like that. So, so, I mean, I think we kind of brought, it's barely a television, it's barely a sports broadcast. It's barely a comedy broadcast. It's, it's uh, terrible. The, set, the at set's music. okay though. I would say the set is is not okay. Fine. It's lots of blues and oranges and the set. Whites. The set. The set looks good. It functions poorly. The st- the stage though, where they perf- where the guest performs though, is very tiny. Oh, super tiny. But I mean, to be fair, like the music is there for like a backdrop. It's. It- I mean, that, which is why that confused me when they did a concert bit, and I was like, this wasn't meant to be zoomed in on. It's the it's kind of like a oh we only went through five rounds and we needed a six act uh fuck can you perform another song for us like that just seems like they didn't have enough time to fill and they're like whoops yeah uh oh which you'd think that you know you could solve that problem by adding more stuff to the round like add more elements or something but no well maybe I, even make the songs play longer when they're racing around like I don't. I like that. Or make it so it's like they have until the song ends before they find a chair before they're eliminated. Something like that would. Like maybe race for like go around for a while and then you have to make a judgment call like, oh, do you uh, have I done that enough? Should I just go to the chair now? Like, should I take the chance and hope I get like the $10,000 chair? Like they could have done, you know, they could have done something like that. I like that. So, I mean, that goes into the next like question. Is this a, uh, should the show be revived? Should the show be brought? If so, how? I don't think OSIT should be revived. I, I don't mind the idea of a musical chairs game show. I mean, hell, they've made those before. Drop that OSIT. seat. You like drop that seat for some reason. That is a... That is the current, that is the current, uh, web only Nickelodeon, um, match musical sh- chair show. And I, I like that a lot because it really encourages kids to like do what they like to do when they're that young, which is doing a lot of dances and they make like nice obstacles, which by the way, this show is cheaper than O set for sure. And yet the set looks better and they- all the props look better and everything more importantly is safe. And the music. I mean, like, they sound like they got the... They just played the licensed music. They don't have to get a band to perform. Yeah, because they probably have the rights to it, so they're able to play good music. Or at least, you know, music that, you know, they would like. And then, like... And then the chairs are pretty much similar. It's the big, weird... Like, almost like a gaming chair in some regard. And the, and the other thing is this. Because all the contestants are kids, that means, like, an annoying kid may be annoying... But that's not nearly as annoying as like a grown man going, today I risked it and I got the buttermilk biscuit. Like that's <laughs> what that's that's what the winner said, um, Mr. Abdominator. Uh that's what um that was Carl. That's what he won. Now if a kid said that, you you would laugh because that's something a that's that's something a child would come up with. That that would be considered cute. Grown man, you're like fuck are you doing the fuck is wrong with you kid <laughs> the fuck is a gear grown man who looked way older than me so i was like god what is up with you and considering abs like he eats carbs i don't believe that yeah no he and his abs didn't even look that great 
the I would say he, the, he looked he looked okay. Like he wasn't as muscular. It's like th- these aren't this. The guy was not as muscular as maybe someone from say like the Titan Games or anything. Yeah, like uh, which I'm guessing like, some of these people went, later went on to do the Titan Games with Dwayne Johnson. They were probably a better time. That's pro- the Titan Games probably a much better set. They probably didn't have to twist their ankles going through that. <laughs> Oh no, I can't believe it looks like we have to go to whoever was next to be eliminated and it turns out Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Can you imagine like the rock just like getting annoyed, like bringing like the rock would not accept OSID. He would look at it, it's like, what what's wrong with this setup? Jabroni Jabroni. You can take this chair and shove it straight up your candy ass. He would I I feel like he would have left like after that if that was his first screening and he saw that it's like this it's like what like what are we doing here he'd leave and make his own version uh (laughs) so i have mine i have my osit if i were to revive osit in some regard Uh uh-huh all right so first of all i get rid of the coaches they don't bring anything to the table agreed uh second of all uh no randomizer of the money chairs no money chairs in this Instead, uh, there's only two things that are random on the chair island. One is a super lucky chair, and one that is the elimination chair. Just straight up get rid of the the build the cash pot mathematics. Not necessary. Because you're not a fa- yeah, you're not a fan of the deal or no deal chair system. I don't, and I love luck based game shows. Don't get me wrong, I love luck based game shows. It just has no need for this. So instead, I I made it so the loops, like when you go through each obstacle, it's worth the final prize at the end, and and but that's it. It's not like it's worth anything for the round. So you can like save your breath and try and survive, but you might get less money at the end, or you can like go through as many obstacles as you can just to build up your bank. So I put 500 round one, 1,000 round two, 1,500 round three, 2,000 round four, and then 2,500 in the final round. Considering they go through like six or so, like they just go through two laps. I mean, that's that's what? Like um, like about three, like 30 grand-ish? Yeah. So a little double, like $10,000 more than the contestant won this episode. One chair of the chair island is the lucky chair. And that is a guaranteed prize to the contestant no matter what happens. So now that's your only luck-based thing. You sit in this chair. Here's like a $1,000 gift card to Best Buy. Here's like a television, like something cheap. We're not giving like a car here. I mean, come on. We're giving him a Super Nintendo video game. Yeah, like... like, like, Here's Terminator 2. (laughs) Like it's video power. (laughs) And then one chair is the elimination chair. It's the faux chair. And that is where you dwindle it down, where you don't see who gets eliminated. Now, would you have the faux chair do a thing where several game shows do where it like and you it like drops you down a hole and you fall in the water? Uh close. I would have it just smoke up. I like like just like a dry ice. Because I feel like that was one of the issues of the show as well. It's like when you'd lose, they were just like, okay, now jump in the water it's like well they've already done that like that's not special and then what i like they fill in the water it's just that's i yeah i think that's that's a good idea actually probably like have like a a dive pool like oh you know what got it jack you know how it's just a giant circle 
Yeah. Make it a donut shape. Have a big circle hole in the middle. <laughs> there you go. And then it just fall into that hole. And then that's like a bonus place for them to fall in. Because now it, as it spins around, it's like a balancing act. Uh, so then the, the basically the obstacles around it are worth the prize money at the end of the show. And that's all that matters. And the chair island is still the same, but I would make sure that that is more crazy. And what I would recommend is the remaining contestants throw obstacles at the contestants. Make it even more crazy, which is taking a cue from what you said earlier, where it's like, get the water gun, get the... Yeah, like just add some silly crap to it. So with like the remaining, because it's 12 contestants, so there's going to be nine eliminated. So you put three around each obstacle... And then you just have them throw dodgeballs or something. So that way the round gets even more crazier as it goes along. Just get more physical. More physical. Yeah, exactly. Um, So there's four prizes that are free. Because the fifth one is the one chair left, which is the cash prize they've built up. And what I would also do is include a graphic where, because in the final round... You saw all three of the contestants in their banks built. Why not have it so in the earlier rounds, you see who the top three earners are, kind of like in a NASCAR race, and watch as their banks keep going up too. So you see who's the ones to watch for because of how much money they're earning. Uh, Also, get rid of the hosts. Get rid of Tamika, get rid of Jamie, get rid of Jesse. That seems fair, yeah. They, uh, they need to go. Um, and Maybe just, don't make fun of people who get injured on your show. Don't get people... Yeah, like, no. Like, like let, them, let them go in peace. Don't go like, Hey, ah, you really fucked up, didn't you? You're not getting any money now. Ha <laughs> ha. Wow, that's the whammy voice. Uh, so once the sideline reporter and she's on the field, she will be the one doing the proceedings in studio. Like, she'll be the one on stage going... This chair is a safe chair. One of you has the prize chair and is winning the television. The other one is eliminated from the game. Three, two, one. Boom. Oh, I'm sorry. So Uh, much for me. Yeah. So so at least you have the silent reporter get some sort of effort. I don't think the referee. I mean, the referees are okay, but I mean, you just got to treat them like judges. Um, Definitely make the obstacles more safe. And definitely have more variety and get rid of obstacles where you just go into water. Yeah. I think there is a need for like a comedy physical challenge game show. Wipeout's no longer on the air. That's true. Um, Splat a lot's gone. TKO was trying to do that, but didn't really work out. I think this is better than TKO. Uh, so... Because it's like, at least you can get like music and that's a good thing too. Like then you could just get licensed music. You don't have to get the musical guest. You could just have the licensed song to play and perform and, and just treat it that way. I don't know. The thing that I threw a blank on was who should host it. Because I definitely want it to be a sports presentation plus a comedy guy. And a silent reporter that's like a game show host. Right. I, yeah, that's a tricky question. So what I threw up was Chris Jericho from the WWE. 
Oh no! Well, that makes sense if it's gonna be like all that wrestling, yeah, like, crap like a wrestling kind of thing. Like Jericho will be in the sideline. He'll be in studio. He's the silent reporter, not Tamika. It's Chris Jericho, and then the other two will be uh, fuck it, uh, um, Terry Bradshaw. Because I mean, what's he doing these days? And uh, let, let's let's uh, go with Greg Turkington or Tim Heidecker. <laughs> Where yeah, Tim Heidecker's Oset. That'd be. Or no, no, just have that. Just be like on some at the cinema. Have Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington as the hosts. Because at least they have good improv skills to just banter it off and go, like, oh, I really miss so and so. Also, get rid of the nicknames. No more of these stupid nicknames. I don't think they really add much. I think you should, if you're going to have that, just be like, this is so and so dodo from so and so state. They are a housekeeper. And that's it. Because then you're going to have their names. So it's, and Jennifer won, and Christopher won. Not, let's give it up for Poop Pants. His nickname is Poop Pants because he once pooped his pants. Oh, is he going to poop his pants during today's episode? Guess we'll find out. You got to watch out. You be my poop his pants. That's... <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's the worst game show, but man, there's a lot of things that could have done a whole lot better. Uh, and and I, I think uh, if we at least make it less about the, the lucky chairs, except for that one is secretly an elimination chair, I say go for it. It could work out. And, uh, and have better music, I'd say. For sure. Because it's and, and no more cover band. I understand the need for the FOS band. Oh yeah, probably get rid of the name Osit. Probably. That yeah, that seems like a good call. Pro probably just call it Extreme Musical Chairs, or or just call it Musical Chairs. Like just call it what it is. It's Musical Chairs. Musical Chairs. Like you could keep the set. You could have all just. Oh, sit. It sounds like something that someone laughed in the office and just kept rolling with it because, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, sit. Because when they fall, they're going to be like, oh, shit. But no, no, no. That's taboo. You can't say shit. They have to say sit. And then you can have the promotion. Sit happens. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. We've got to pitch this to CW. <laughs> yeah, CW right away. Oh, wait. No, they already have six dozen DC shows. We can't fit it back in anymore. Oh. <laughs> maybe. maybe I mean, the D you know what, Jordan? Yeah. I, I got an idea for you. You know, the DC streaming service could probably use a game show. <laughs> no. What, what if they had, you know, uh, oh, sit. Hosted by the Riddler. <laughs> Wouldn't the, like if there was a Riddler-based game show, be like a, like something like an escape room kind of show, or I, maybe it's the Penguin. Penguins Osit. That's why the water's so cold. Oh, it's, it's the iceberg lounge. Yeah, he's got the lounge, so he's got the lounge singer singing while he's like, "Oh, look at look at them struggle! <laughs> <laughs> Who will get the last fish?" <laughs> They'd have some 
yeah, there'd, there'd be some fish element to it now. And then they would make fun of, like, you know, people getting injured, someone getting killed by a shark every so often. It's not Arkham, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe it would be a fake game show. Maybe there's only one episode and then Batman comes <laughs> in the messed. end. Now you're just, like, spoiling season two of Titans. <laughs> No, Titans, that, that sounds too fun and interesting for Titans to have. <laughs> well, like you're, yeah, you're giving them too much credit, Jordan. I probably, like I usually am, giving them too much credit. Too much money. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going that far. <laughs> hey, this is the birthday episode. Waka waka! Uh, anyway, let me just real quick. Hey, look, what's over here? Hey, Jack. It's five questions. It's the lightning round portion of the podcast. Oh man, I I didn't study for this one. It it's a, it's okay. There's five questions. For each one you get right is one free plug. Most oh, podcasts man. give you two. You can win up to five free plugs. Oh man, imagine if I only won one because I twisted my ankle. That'd be sad. <laughs> Cheeseburger. <laughs> Cheeseburger's gonna come and plug herself. I'm gonna plug Wendy's and Burger King. <laughs> but you only have one do. minute to answer these questions. Okay. You, are you up for it? Yeah, I'm up for it. All right, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite game show? Oh, oh no. I don't. Ah, uh, mmm, mmm. I'm just gonna go. F- uh, uh, oh no, I can't can't think of any game shows. Oh, guess I'll go with um. I was set. What would your nickname be? <laughs> uh, Hendrix Trog. Are gamer chairs actually good? Um, if if you have to go through a bunch of water to get to it, no. Favorite show on the CW. Favorite show on the CW, uh, the commercials. Well, who's a better friend, me or Ian? Oh, Jordan, uh, it is you, obviously. Okay, uh, and thank you for your money. Okay. Thank you. And that's it. I hope we got it in time. I think that's all five. And yeah, could... the first one got me caught a little bit. I, I know I said, oh, sit, but if I could have thought of something better, I would have. Well, you. I think you're... that's the only game show that exists, sadly. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. That is. So now you got to plug some five things, whatever five items you okay. want. Okay. Yeah, five things. Okay. I mean, first thing is that, I mean, it's technically been plugged already, but obviously um, I do a show of Jordan called Fun Time Calls with uh, another uh, friend of ours named Ian. It is a show. Uh, Jordan says it's like a D&D where he loses. I I disagree. It is, it is much more of the Three Stooges. Where every every kind of kind of bit we do, we kind of take turns who's who in terms of who gets goofed on. That's uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a triangle. It's like a triple threat match. It's a triple threat match, but sometimes Jordan sets himself to fail. So sometimes Jordan is the one that's normally screwed over, but sometimes it's not. Find out next sometimes- episode who is the one. So find 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 out who's goofed on the most next time. On another on another show. On Dragon um, Ball Z. If Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z Kai, we cut out a, a bit of the extra parts here where he got got uh, pissed off, but it's okay. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, number two, um, George at Hendrix Trog. That's my Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Hendrix Trog on Twitter.com. Uh, no, Twitter is not so fun currently, but hey, maybe you'll like my retweets. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I sometimes tweet funny things. I make funny polls. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. You're floss dancing. like me. I, I don't do that. So yeah, if you're hoping for that, I don't do that. So uh, number three, um, same name, Hendrix Drug on Twitch. I'm currently uh, streaming through all of the Kingdom Hearts games that are reasonably playable. I am already on Dream Drum Distance, so I'm pretty close to being done. I'm planning on already this week as of... Well, I guess the recording back in February to finish off everything else to get to three. So yeah, by the time when this you, airs, you will be on three probably. I will de- if I am not on three by the when this episode comes up, something went horribly wrong. I must have twisted my ankle. Cheeseburger has to fill in. <laughs> Cheeseburger has to stream for me, and she won't stream the game. She'll stream herself eating a cheeseburger instead. Hey, that's my kind of Twitch stream. Yep, so that that that's been, that's three. Um as far as the last two Um well that's a little a little tricky. I guess I'll I'll plug some other people. I mean, so you plug your own stuff, you don't have to. Well I mean I only have three things. I have my Twitter, I have my Twitch, and I have the podcast we do. Okay. So that's that's my main three. Like All right. so I'm gonna spin yep, I don't do I don't really yeah, that's that's really it as far as me goes. But I'll I'll shout out um, two other things. Um, fourth thing, what you know, what you should do if you like this show, you should subscribe to Jordan's Patreon. Jordan's Patreon is what makes shows like these better. Um, if you if you thought this was great, now I mean they'll have a bigger budget. Jordan will have uh, chairs that swirl around. He'll have a water obstacle to get to his podcast microphone. I'll eat a hamburger. I I mean, he already does that for free, but you could pay to see him eat things that maybe he likes even more than hamburgers. Maybe you'll see him do a transformation year, transformation fit March. That's what that's called, obviously. Uh, So you should definitely do that um, if you listen to this at all, even if it's just a buck. I'm sure Jordan will appreciate that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then number five, I'll, I'll recommend something else. Um, there are the folks, you should follow the YouTube channel Range Touch. Um, those folks do a lot of, if you've ever, if you've ever heard of some actual like D&D games like Baldur's Gate, um, they do a really funny show based on that called Mages and Murder Dads, um, <laughs> where they play two characters, uh, Balthazar and Tick. Um, it's a, it's a really funny show. And then they also do, um, one of them does with another guy, uh, a show called game study, study buddies, where they talk about different, um, video game, like text, like literature text. And they kind of talk, not just that, but also like actual text about like gaming, the history of it in general, just talk about it. And it's analytical. It's pretty cool. And I was on an episode of that once I pretended to be a revolver ocelot and I read a segment from it. So you should check out that YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. So I think that's five. That is five. Congratulations, Jack. You survived. You I survived. I didn't, I didn't get the flu because I took my flu shot. I'm not a monster. Yeah. I forgot to, I guess I forgot to shout out getting a flu shot. Oh, well. So well, <laughs> guess no. Six free guess plug. What? You have free bonus plug. Uh... Free bonus plug. Uh, get uh, get your flu shot. Uh, and if you're a parent, vaccinate your children. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by, Jack. Thanks for having me on. I what, what do you think? Was this the best episode yet or what? Well, I mean, next week is Matt Chrisman of Chapa Trap House, so... So this is definitely the best episode yet. And maybe forever. I mean, how can you top O-Sit? I could think of like 800 other game shows, but yeah. Oh, they... but I mean... Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen... You've never seen musical chairs like this before. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack. You are sitting in the $50 chair. Oh, well, I guess I lo- I guess cheeseburger's going to be your next uh the next guest. <laughs> She's just in the corner eating a cheeseburger. If you could get cheeseburger on this show, would you invite her immediately? <laughs> I don't know cuz I think she just probably like just like everyone else who agree like probably like some actress like just and she agreed to be on the show because a it's some work. I'm on camera. <laughs> But that'd be pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah, you but you already did the OSIT episode. talk about cheeseburgers. <laughs> but you already did the OSIT episode. Like, what are we Well, I mean, it wouldn't be about OSIT. You can talk about it, but it wouldn't be the episode. Maybe it's just an interview. Maybe that's a Patreon-exclusive interview. <laughs> <laughs> we got OSIT's cheeseburger here. The cheeseburger from OSIT. And then there'll be a one person, that one person going, oh, yeah, cheeseburger. That's what I was called that one time. I didn't I mean, I didn't really remember that show, but, you know, I mean, I think ad libbed was she's an in and out burger. And I thought that was a funny joke. Other than that, no. (laughs) Didn't work out. No. (laughs) No, I'm. Oh, uh, so anyway, I have to probably do like a, uh, a pricing game spotlight and stuff. So thanks for coming to my birthday party. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to go now, by the way. Um, this has been fun, but I have a, a, another thing to do. Yeah, I'll see you in like 10 minutes for a fun time calls recording. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep, I'll be right there. Mm hmm. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Uh, I got the flu, Jordan. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, no. Uh, oh, man. I shouldn't have been in that pool for too long and ate that cheeseburger. With me next week, Jesse (laughs) Cruz. So uh, the only other things to bring up about OSIT, even though it lasted two seasons, I guess we can talk about the hosts. I mean, Jamie Kenny, you know him. He was from Son of the Mask, uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh, he was also a co-host on Pepsi's Play for a Billion, which I count as a game show, even though it was a sweepstakes. And Jesse Krushchenk, uh hosted a game show in Canada called Canada's Smartest Person, which is, I believe, in its fourth season, but she is not the host of season four. And on that show, she's actually a bit more funny than she is here on OSIT. So I think maybe it's just they got bad writing and she can't be herself. Uh, so so no disrespect to Jesse Cruikshank. She does great hosting. I guess she just got a bad play on this one. Uh, other than that, there was a mobile game app for the iPhone at one point. That's right, a mobile game app. I was originally going to put the values of each round, and then I realized how boring it is. 
All you need to know is the bottom two amounts are about $50 difference. So it really came down to a race of who made it through more obstacles instead. I think that was their main goal. Uh, Tamika Ray, as I established, is the voice of Cyber Lucy on Wheel of Fortune 2000. So she had to work on this one. I, I mean, she has a personality. I can see her as like a warm-up actress, but I mean, this was not really her her job. Uh, finally, uh, J Jack has a YouTube channel for the Twitch stream that he forgot to plug. It is the Hendrix Trog YouTube channel. I can't really like say YouTube.com slash because it's one of those you need a thousand subscribers and you can't do it yet. So maybe if you subscribe. I'll post a link in the description. Join it, hit subscribe, reach a thousand, so then we can revert into time and and plug it that way. Um, I think Osid's just fine, I guess. Uh, now we move on to our 110 part series, looking at every pricing game on the Price Is Right. It's a segment I like to call Pricing Game Spotlight. <laughs> Tonight's game is Temptation, premiere date, September 7th, 1973, number 0535D, premiere date carrier, October 19th, 2007, number 4045K, aired out of order November 20th, 2007, that doesn't matter, played center stage. All right, when so-called because the contestant's tempted to win four prizes, which he or she doesn't have to try to win, plus a brand new car. Gameplay. The contestant is shown the first digit in the price of the car. They are then shown four digits, referred to as gifts, one at a time. On occasion, cash is one of the four prizes in the game. Each prize's price or total cash amount is displayed, with one of the digits being the next digit in the price of the car. The contestant must guess which is the correct digit of each of the four prizes. There are only two unique digits in the price of each small prize. Example, 488 or 1331, making a choice in either or proposition. Once all the digits have been selected, the contestant is given one last opportunity to change any of the four digits they have chosen. They may choose more than one number if they wish. After that, the temptation part of the game sets in the final value of the four gifts is then stated. And the contestant is given the choice to take the gifts and quit or see if the price of the car is correct. If it is, the contestant wins everything. If it's not, the contestant loses everything. For statistical purposes, it is not treated as a win if the contestant chooses to take the prizes and does not go for the car. Well, thank you for that. I was, you know, I wondered if you win prizes, is that a win? And they say no. They just say, screw you, you don't deserve it. Which is funny, because this reminds me of double prizes. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about double prizes. Uh, that was the game where it was like, the toaster's $35. Uh no, it was not the, the price is thirty five dollars. It it's is it thirty five or forty five? So the digits three or four, and that was very confusing. And this was very simple. Anyway, some more history thanks to the Price Is Right wiki. When Temptation started, contestant Stephanie Browser did not have the option of changing any digits and took her prizes. This rule was changed on July twelfth, nineteen seventy four. The Temptation board was uniquely green, and the actual price displays were orange with black numbers. The front of the Temptation changed on October 23, 1979. A large gap at the bottom was filled in by November 6, 1980. The game's pink colors came debuted on April 11, 1988. 
the Temptation board was modified on February 26, 1993 with the four-digit display expanded to accommodate five digits but still offered four-digit cars until March 29, 1993 using the first space as a dollar sign until its first five-digit car was offered on April 15, 1993. The current car scheme debuted on March 26, 2010, and the contestant choices now appear in the same font as the actual digits of the car's price, now using electronic displays and using gold 3D price-down dollar signs before showing any digits, and lights were also added to the bottom. Later in the carry era, Drew would often pretend that it's the contestant's birthday. One of the, well, thank you. I mean, it's my birthday today. Thanks, Drew. This actually is a fitting game then. Uh, one of the more famous prizes for the game was a fishbowl of cash. This was used frequently to make sure there were enough prizes with two repeating digits during the game. The fishbowl of cash was continued making a purchase on this game on the Drew Carey era. During the days of four-digit car prices, there would be no free digit given, and there were sometimes three digits in the first number, but one of them was obviously wrong. For instance, 189. On November 19th, 2013, aired out of order, this game was played for a Porsche 911 Carrera valued at $92,745. And the game contestant, Josephine Hatchley, had all five numbers correct, but chosen to take the sure thing were 3,983. Temptation was played three times in the primetime version. Unfortunately, all were lost. The game was currently in the losing streak, with the most recent win happening on October 28th, 2015. On May 23rd, 2016, a contestant named Patrick Smith Sr. got the only the last digit wrong and lost $5,286 in prizes because he went for the car. All right, well, that's, I guess, it because there's no other numbers. It's just photos. Oh, trivia. Okay, great. This game is not to be confused with a syndicated game show called Temptation, the New Sale of Century, another free model media production hosted by Rossi Morial. Thank you for that, Wiki. Any card can be played in this game, but the four prizes being presented have to share one of the correct four numbers remaining as the first number is given for the player for free. Temptation is the only game that offers thousands of dollars worth of prizes without needing to do anything to win them, in spite of the point in the game. The most number of times this game was played in any season was was 46 oh my like i love temptation i think temptation is a great game this is because of basically the let's make a deal aspect of risk versus reward you're given four prizes in advance and play along and then if you want you can win a car as well if it's right and i i kind of enjoy that and the, this game is is interesting in, in that regard because that's the because you get your drama right there the maximum drama is essentially do you take the prizes you've won or go for the car? And these are okay prizes. Don't get me wrong. It's like a $1,000 prize here, $2,000 prize there, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, it's, and it's a puzzle to come up with the, the pricing because you have to come up with three items plus cash to, to come up with what is the price in the car. So maybe it's 550 bucks. So it's a five or a zero, for instance. I, I, kind, of, I kind of like this game. Uh, because I mean, you can instantly win by doing nothing, but I, I just, there's just, I don't know what can be done to fix the show, this game up. Like, I think it's, it's fine as it is. The price is coming out as fine as it is. The only other way I could say is maybe like, uh, after two are selected, just, are you sure? Are you sure you want to walk away and just have Drew Carey just say like, I'll give you the money just to quit if this is wrong <laughs> something i think just to add some last minute tension like you get three of the four numbers shown and it's like you're one number away you sure i'll give you this again one final try 
but other than that, I, I don't know. I think it, it's fine enough as it is. Uh, I enjoy Temptation a lot, and I, I think it's a good game filled with gift-giving. Um, next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, Mystery Price. So before we get going here, usually we have a review or a question, but this is the birthday episode, and I want to end on a note that I constantly get. I'm going to say this right now. If I do another birthday episode, if I if it's if it's March 1st, 2020, and this show is still going on, I promise to do another one of these segments. This is a segment I like to call Jordan's Five Favorite Game Shows. Every time I have opened up a question bank, people ask me, what's your favorite game show? And I always say it fluctuates. It changes every day. So what I have to do is set in stone my five favorite game shows and explain why. And I don't want to just, just, uh, I might, this might take a long time to go through all of them, but I promise you guys, this is the set in stone favorite game shows list until next year when I will do it again. If a new game show comes along or whatever I'm feeling. Number five is Countdown. The UK game show with letters and numbers. I love this game because it incorporates spelling, logic, and mathematics in a way that's not presented in any other game show anywhere around the world. I value this because I love word games like Scrabble, and I really love math. And this is a game show that rewards understanding math and getting to a certain three-digit number, which I find fascinating. It's on during the day, and a lot of people love 8 out of 10 cats does countdown, but a lot of people in America see 8 out of 10 cats countdown and have no idea about the actual rules of regular countdown and why it's so funny, considering it's it's out of place. Uh, that I, I, I love countdown. It's a show I really wanted to see here in America, but I know that will never happen. Number four is The Crystal Maze. Crystal Maze is the only other British game show on this list because, to me, I like game shows that do storytelling. And this is a game show that's almost like a D&D fantasy game where it's five people, some or six if you're going to old school, and they don't know each other, or they do know each other, and they're going through four mystic zones. They're going through an Aztec zone, they're going through the medieval zone, they're going through the industrial zone, and they're going through the futuristic zone. And each of them have their own look and feel, and then they have their choice of games. Physical, skill, mental, or mystery. And these games last anywhere from two to three minutes, and it's that, that almost burst of like a mini stunt, where they have to go through the thing, and if they don't run out of time, they have to get out. I know people like Fort Boyard for this reason, and trust me, Fort Boyard's a good show, but between the two, I love the presentation of Crystal Maze more because you're going through almost like a theme park in a way where it's like a fantasy land, and, and then you go to the Tomorrowland, and then you go to Frontierland. It's kind of mesmerizing, and I love that in a game show. Number three is The Price is Right. I'm going through a 110-part series about pricing games, but I will tell you this. The Price is Right is the most feel-good game show out there. No other game show out there can bring you just pure joy every hour like The Price is Right. Lots of great prizes, lots of, of great games, a nice variety, and at no point can I see a game show, even if it's at the worst, even if it's the College Rivals or the All Plinko episode, do I go, this is the worst thing I've seen. I'm never watching it again. Price is Right never dissatisfies me, and I don't think it ever has. And I'm glad it's still on the air, and it's it's going strong to this day. Number two 
is Press Your Luck. Now, Press Your Luck was my favorite game show seeing in like 80s and then, and then like whammy. And I'm so surprised it's coming back. Press Your Luck is a great game show because it has the element of you buzz in and answer a question correctly. But instead of rewarding you with money or prizes right then and there, it's offering you a spin that could be redeemed for a cash and prizes. So there's that element of strategy. It is a game show where there's a lot of strategy involving when to go on and when to stop. And it's high energy and fun and frantic. And that, and that to me, is a cool game show. You get the money, you get the prizes, and it, and it just keeps going. There, I could watch a Press Your Luck marathon right now if I wanted to and just not get bored by it. I know other people will find it boring. But to me, Press Your Luck is the go-to game. And finally, my favorite game show right now is Deal or No Deal. I think Deal or No Deal is the best game show. It, essentially, every game show boils down to risk versus reward. And every game show wants to nowadays be storytelling over a contestant. So we get to see a story of one person's journey into trying to see how much is enough to walk away from a potential million dollars. Some of these people, they see $100,000 as their goal. Others just see that million. And others don't come with any number in place. And they are the best contestants because they're kind of sitting there going, I just want enough money just to get my kids through college and that's it. So then when Howie Mandel says the offer is $85,000, your college is done. You can hit deal. So what's stopping them from pushing that button just one more time? That is what makes this game show so interesting to me. And it's that risk and reward. It's, well, that could happen. I have it guaranteed. But if I had 200000 if I had 300000 in this case, I could do this in a bit more. And I love that in Deal or No Deal. And I enjoy that because this risk and reward that comes with any game show. Jeopardy has that with the Daily Doubles. You have that with Millionaire and any trivia question they ask. You have that in Wheel of Fortune with the risk of hitting the bankrupt. It is in almost every game show. And Deal or No Deal stretches that out and just focuses it on the minute detail of how much is enough to get a player to leave a game. And to me, that is what makes Deal or No Deal the best game show. Would I make a great Deal or No Deal contestant? No, because I don't have much friends or family ruin me on. I can't really be a character unless it's, here's the wacky game show guy, or here's the Nightwing fan, something like that. I, I don't fake scream, but Deal or No Deal at least in the CNBC iteration, has found a way to make less woo-woo siren contestants and more people with personality, which is what I want to see. And the only other version is, of course, British version with Noel Edmonds, where you just get to see how much this money means to them and, and the pressure is when is enough to just quit the game. And that I enjoy. And that's why I love Deal or No Deal. So currently, if you ask me what my favorite game show is, it's deal or no deal. Join me next year when I will do this list again. That's all the time we have tonight. Thank you so much. Wish me a happy birthday at jordhawjordanhaas at gmail.com. And until next time, good night and mwah, smooch. <laughs>